Mahomes at bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks, Super Bowl 55. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Bucks Banter Podcast. I am your host, Colin Hallboom, trying to sort out our situation here. Uh, there we go. Sorry about that for anyone watching on YouTube. Uh, but we are back. Like I said, for another edition, this is our 70th episode, our Robert Hainsieth episode of the Bucks Banter Podcast. We're going to talk about my behind-the-scenes experience for the Bucks bengals game. Um, I was covering the game for Bucks Game Day, Sports Illustrated, and had a pretty awesome experience in doing so. Was privy, privy to a lot more um, all-access type of shit than I, than I had expected, so that was pretty special. Obviously, the game was absolutely bananas, uh, so we're going to talk about that plenty. We're going to talk about the upcoming Christmas Day game versus the Arizona Cardinals, what the Buccaneers need to do to secure the NFC South, because that is anything but secure at this point. And we'll even talk about some of the Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl results that just came out. I am joined, as always, by my co-host Scott Capron and Bodan Yard. How we feeling, fellas? How we doing? Feeling good, man. Congrats. I think dream come true. I think when you started this whole Bucks Banner podcast, the idea of going to a game was like, oh, that'd be cool. But to actually yeah. do it and do it at the level that you did it at, inspiring stuff, my friend. So thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like we're getting big timed a little bit, you know, pushed back <laughs> to 830 for the big journalist that needed to do. I'm just kidding. Actually, it's my fault while we're why we're, we're pushed back. But let's just let's just get into it man for behind the scenes for everyone we the three of us have tried not to talk since Colin did the game on Sunday so we can save it for the pod and get as much uh you know get as much info in it as possible on, on here and not just via text right so like let's get into it boom yeah so like even like Bo calling it a dream come true that even seems a little far-fetched <laughs> I wouldn't say my dreams were that ambitious it was more you know yeah when, <laughs> when we when we started this up. So I didn't expect to actually end up getting credentialed and getting to experience what I did. Uh, two red eye flights later and I'm back and I'm ready to talk about it. Uh, it was pretty unreal heading down to Tampa, flew out of Buffalo. Um, anyway, once, so on game day, we watched that incredible world cup game, like the best soccer game I've ever seen yeah. in the morning. Obviously I assume you guys watched that also, or I know you did. We were chatting. Um, and then, so I head down to the game. I was there about three hours early um, because I just wanted to soak it all in. So sorted that out, got my credentials, went in there. Uh, I've made my way to the press box, which is pretty incredible at Raymond James Stadium. Um, it, it's it's pretty sick. Like there's like a carvery, like there's like someone like carving up steak, all this like immaculate food. I, I took me way too long to find out, to find my seat, like where my seat was because they had a name tagged for every media member so i asked the guy like three times like so wait what does this mean where is it you're like can i just sit in darlington seat or what what's going yeah. on here guys yeah exactly <laughs> um yeah so yeah so i got settled in and my my uh fellow writer uh for bucks game day caleb skinner we had, we had met up with him the night the the day before and crushed some beers and watched sports him and uh cousin john cousin wani and uh, we all hit it off. We had a great time. So it was cool to have already met him. But he was running late. So I got to do this on my own. And I kind of liked that, actually, getting to explore it on my own. Felt more, I don't know. Nice. Yeah, individualized experience. 
so I just started wandering around the stadium, um, checking everything out. And then, you know, I was like, tried to get down onto the field and I couldn't because I wasn't, I didn't have access technically to the field. Um, but then so what I is see- it? So what did it say on your credential? Like it doesn't, it, is there like a little, like, like a punch for field level or like, how does that work? Let's get into the nitty, the nitty gritty here. It says, I have it here, okay. says um, media interview or Colin Hallboom, Bucks game day, sports illustrated slash fan nation media interview, general service pass Bucks Bengals season week 15. Okay. Yada, yada. Sick. Yeah. So, but anyway, then I see this, like this group of like 10 people who look like family of the players um, walking down the stairs. Cause I'm just wandering around the 100 level of the stadium. So I just see them going towards this roped off field access area. And I literally just kind of hustled up through the aisle and just stabbed in front of one of them, uh, jumped in front of one of them and just walked in with them. Okay. I think it was Tryon Trianka's family. Nice. And uh, some other people. You kind of look like a Tryon. Yeah, you look like a show. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to guess, like, you know, Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so so then all, I couldn't believe this guy let me in because another guy had already not let me in. Like he was the, the guy on the other side, which was actually the Bengals side before that. He was way he was very rigorous with his uh, his his evaluation of each person who and they're wearing obviously similar passes, but ob- with different content, I guess different um, credentials. So then to I was be there fair, I was really- on your on your resume under special skills. It does say get into places that you're not allowed in. Right. So is, extensive yeah. experience. With I've it. seen you so, do this to be fair, countless times. Kind actually. of kind of playing to your strengths. Right. Yeah. It's sort of like the <laughs> pinnacle of, of my secret talent of getting into places yeah. I'm not supposed exactly. to be. I, I, exactly. I'd be lying <laughs> if I said that didn't cross my mind. Um, but it was probably <laughs> the, the simplest sneak in I've ever had. I just like, you know, well, you put in more... the hours. You, you yeah. know what I mean? You yeah. put in the hours. So the game time just feels like practice. That That's just called dedication. Yeah, so so it's a roped off area and right along the sideline of the end zone um, up to like the, I don't know, 10-yard line or whatever. And it's right beside the Bucks tunnel. So once I saw that, I just worked my way right up to the front of the rope and I st- stood there for an hour and a half watching players come out slowly, trickle out, warming up, run out of the tunnel. Um, and I just really like took that in because that was so cool. And then I was texting Caleb and I'm like, he's like, yo, I just got here. Like, where are you, man? I'm up in the press box. I'm like, yo, I'm on the field. He's like, he's like, what? He's like, bro, we've been trying to get down on the field every game this year. They won't let us down there. He's like, how did you do that? And I was just like, don't worry about it. Like, I'll see you. I was like, I'll see you when I see you, man. Um, so I got a bunch of pictures and videos. I tweeted out a couple, but, uh, you know, registered a lot of it in my, with my eyes. And in, in my mind, that was unreal. Just seeing Brady warming up, like coming over to Jensen, taking snaps from Jensen, watching Godwin put his work in um, and seeing players who would come over and, and mingle with the, the people who were in this section. Godwin's a man watching him work, works his ass off. And then he comes over and like, you could just tell he's a sweet dude, like to his wife. And then he's can't, you're not, it says no autographs. He signs a bunch of autographs for people who were there. It was really cool. That's awesome. Yeah, anyway. And, so, like, totally expected at the same time. 100%. Yeah. 100%. yeah. Um, Did Brady look huge? Yeah, way taller than I yeah. realized. Yeah, that's what right. I always – that's what I would have thought, too. That's crazy. Yeah, way taller than I you realize on TV. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, and then it got close enough where I'm like, all right, time to head up. I plan to hit up like the buck store and all this stuff, but I was happy to replace my my plans by just standing on the field, like a few feet away from a lot of these guys. William Golson's another guy who deserves a shout out for being super engaging and just like cool. Nice. Um, yeah, Bucko Bruce walked right beside me too. That was that was cool. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So then I get up there into the press box where I'd already settled in. I'd already had a couple plates. Um <laughs> under my belt before i walked down to the field failed to mention that so i got up got up there grabbed another plate linked up with skinner um still had (laughs) still had 20 minutes or so so uh knowing me and the social uh fiend i am i i went up and introduced myself to jenna lane um i i talked to um who else i talked to jeff darlington of nfl network jenna lane i assume anyone watching this knows who that is she's the espn primary espn bucks reporter Darlington, who's a big wig uh, for NFL Network. Sarah Walsh, also with NFL Network. Oh, cool. Was, yeah, man. There was, like, there was some good coverage, right? It was the CBS game, the Romo-Nance game. Um, and, yeah, then the game started, and it was amazing because the Bucks were firing. Like, they looked fantastic. And, uh, and, obviously, you know, this ended up being the this game being the ultimate tale of two halves. It felt more like two games. First yeah. half, a day game. Bucks looked phenomenal. I was convinced they were back, like – officially uh, and we'll talk in more detail about like what we saw on the field i think yeah. um but yeah and then the sun sets at halftime and um you know the most disastrous second half in the history of football took place but okay so let's go back to kickoff in the press box for a second okay so you're in the press box the whole game yeah whole game right yeah okay and like, are you are you so writing the up there are people yeah yeah yeah, totally. So everyone's very professional up there, and that was that took a concerted effort by me, as you can imagine, to uh, try, <laughs> try and project myself as an impartial, objective journalist. Um, but thankfully, so you Caleb and I. That you had the over on Rashad White. No, no. I, <laughs> and, and based on how much I had, you'd think I'd be screaming something, but it didn't even really bother me at all or register because it was just. I figured. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so we were at the third row. There's three rows and it stretches quite a long ways. And uh, being at the third row is nice, though, because no one's behind you. You still have a great view of the game. It's not like it's compromised by any means. So you can kind of if you like do one of these like, oh, like, yeah. like no one, no one's behind you seeing you act a fool. Right. Because yeah. the, the, the other two rows are in front of you. So that was that was nice. Um, and yeah, everyone see talking. anybody in front of you doing that. No, no. Oh, okay. they, nice. I think they're pretty seasoned for the most part. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, oohs and ahs and all that, but no one, certainly no one cheering. Uh, and yeah, Scott, to answer your question, like everyone's got a laptop up, of course. Some of these guys are a little more old school taking notes. There's some like sound guys. Who I'm not sure what they were doing, but the majority of people I saw were journalists. Darlington, yeah. Sarah Walsh, they weren't like taking notes because they're not necessarily writing a column about the game. So they're, they, they're just sick. They just kind of chill and they're shooting the shit with like with each other, watching the game in and out. Um, but yeah, so then I'm just taking notes. Like I probably wasted time taking way too many of detailed notes compared to I do it when I do the recap at home. I was doing the recap. Caleb was doing the live in-game updates, and uh, Logan was doing the live tweeting. Logan's our publisher at Bucks Game Day. Shout out to you, Logan. Love you, bro. Uh, not as much as I love Antoine Winfield, though. Not as much as I love Antoine Winfield, man. Oh man, yeah. that's my guy forever yeah. now. Yeah. Who's that guy? Yeah. Sounds like a caravana trip is in his future. Yeah. 
So yeah, I don't know if you guys want to talk about the game or you want to talk about after, because like it's like the after was even crazier than anything that happened. Yeah, at that point. no, I want let's talk about after then. Okay, so like yeah. I, I feel like we general... gotta talk about the game though. Let's we gotta get over the okay. game, right? Like kind of set the stage for why after was so crazy, right? Yeah, but everyone already knows why it was so crazy after they everyone knows. Yeah, but was... not from our point of view. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Um well, okay, so sure, we'll talk football about it and you win. Yeah, um, sorry. I, f- I forgot. Maybe this isn't a football podcast. I've signed up for a football yeah. podcast. All right, that's fair. That's fair. That, that's a good way to break up the behind the scenes part of yeah. it. Um, but yeah, it was like I thought it was like a near perfect first half from the Bucks. Man, the offense spreading the ball around, moving the ball downfield with ease. The defense was exceptional all yeah. game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I'd be happy to talk more about that. But that I talked about the tale of two two halves or two games. I mean, let's talk about the first five drives, five out of six drives in the second half. Okay, five offensive drives, five turnovers in their own territory, and I'm gonna just recite what they work. I jotted them down exactly. Botched fake punt, which went on, which of course was a huge, yeah, thing. swung the game, swung the game, swung the locker room later. That was at the that was at the the Buccaneers' 16 yard line. Okay. And, of course, Bucks are up 17-3 because the Bengals had squeezed out a field goal at the end of the half. 17-0 yeah. Tampa Bay led. So, botch fake punt. Burrow takes advantage. I mean, he's way too good. I couldn't believe how well the Buccaneers were making his life hard all game. They were so good. Well, that first half especially. Anyway, botch fake punt on the 16. Interception on the 31. This is all in Bucks territory, by the way. Again, fumble on the 13. Fumble on the 39. And then an interception on the 44. It was almost like... You'd think they were throwing the game, the Bucs. Like, literally, you think they were shaving points. But it would have been too obvious yeah, that, that they were yeah. doing it for that to be a realistic hypothesis or, like, conspiracy theory. Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was watching when one was happening after another. Like, at halftime, I'm, like, bragging to people. I'm like, yeah, you got to have me back here more often, folks. Like, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dude, yeah. Like, <laughs> watching it from home. <laughs> like, yeah, like- no. Yeah. No, they're like, just wait, Rook. Watching it on TV, it honestly felt like they had no idea that it was going to be filmed. Like, they were like, oh, it's a practice. This is, like, turnovers don't count. Who cares? Like, we'll just run it again. Like, it felt like they were just like, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't make any sense the way that those turnovers were happening. And, like, when they were happening in the drives. Like, insane. It was nuts. And I want to just call it like a crazy, like freaky Friday thing. But the way this Bucks team and season has gone, it's yeah. like, no, that you can't you can't give them the benefit of referring to it as some crazy twisted fate um, no. or no. luck. Like their lack of execution throughout the season has been the primary narrative. Ultimately, in addition to what I think we've been hitting on every week, I'm opening with. The fact that the defense or the offense just doesn't give the defense a chance to win games when the defense is doing everything they need to to win games. And this was, yet again, an even more glaring example of that than we've seen all year. Just like they keep raising the bar, the defense, and the offense keeps lowering it even lower. Um, But they teased us with that first half. I thought Leftwich actually was doing a great job in the first half. Um, Yeah, it it was so good. Like, the play action and... The yeah. lack of like the aggression on first down, like everything was working well. The run game was sporadic. Even I think Romo actually said the run game is unpredictable right now. Like this is exactly how the Bucks need to play. And like yeah. we've been saying that for weeks now. 
It was unbelievable. I'm going to read a few tweets from Jenna Lane that just kind of talk about exact, and it's what we've been asking for, you know, motion, play, action, all that stuff. But you're right, Bo. I'm glad you said that because he he was he kept them guessing. It was fantastic. It was so nice to watch. Um, the Bucks ran 11 play action plays out of 40 in the first half against the Bengals, so a really like solid high percentage there. And on those plays, Brady was eight for 11 for 115 passing yards. Uh, and then they ran a total of three in the second half. Obviously, they didn't have as many opportunities. But even then, he was two for three for 21 yards. They used motion for a season-high 27 plays in the first half. Brady, 11 of 14 for 153 and two TDs on those. Second half, there were only 13. Yeah. Um, I'm not even going to bother with the second half, I guess, because those numbers are just well, going to be fucked. Yeah. Sorry. No, just but definitely a better job in the first half. In 17, that's... That's a doable point total. You know what I mean? Like it, you can get to 31 then from that, let's say pretty easily. And that's going to win you most games. So that first half was, was very promising for sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the, that's the gist of it. It's that, you know, the, the motion and the play action and yeah. keeping, keeping the defense on their toes and they, and, and spreading the ball around different guys making plays and all, offensively, obviously it was great to see Mike Evans heavily involved in that first half. Um, yeah. So he, is it was it we, like as weird on TV as it was up in the press box, like seeing the all twenty two and realizing like why are they just not doing any motion anymore? Like what 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 happened? Like that was in it felt like it was in every play in the first. And half. sorry, Colin. And then they're just like piggy- no more of those plays. I feel like and they didn't Colin, have a chance. Pick- okay, go ahead. I was just going to say, gonna say it. Go, Scott. <laughs> sorry. I was just going to say to piggyback off that, um, was there any general kind of like vibe from the press box being like, yeah, this, why not this? Or is it, or is that not really how it goes? No, it was the the only general, it was very subdued throughout. Like they're pretty professional, I guess, these journalists, um, (laughs) at least in the press box. And, uh, so no, it was just kind of like a lot of like oh my god type moments when they when shit yeah. started to hit the fan and that those turnovers started piling up in an unprecedented fashion. Uh one, then two, then three, then four, then five. Five is just an insane, insane. Yeah, you can't win. You're number. you you were you lost the game. You lost the game at yeah, four. No you lost games. the game at three. Couldn't believe three. it. Three. Yeah. It was nuts. It was absolutely bonkers bat shit whatever you gotta call it it was unbelievable um but again i do want to like man it's so unfair too that like that many points go on the scoreboard like break like the bucks oh, did so good on d man and like it yeah. wasn't just yeah it yeah, was yeah. this it was the the scheme like schematically bulls was ready like he called an incredible game because let's not forget how shorthanded they were on defense. I was scared, man, going up against yeah. this Bengals offense who are rolling right now. Um, like, like, oh, dude, they're missing. Uh, they're missing Shaq Barrett, of course. Vea, uh, Jamel Dean, the Carl Nassib, and Winfield for a lot of the game. Who was in and out of the lineup? Right. Um, already playing hurt. But I thought uh, in terms of individual players, guys who stood out to me on D were, was like Carlton Davis and Levante David were unreal. Dude, Car- yeah. Carl Carlton Finney. Davis is oh, – he Phil. is Jamar Chase. It, like Jamar Chase was looking at – like if I was a corner, this is what I would be. And that was <laughs> – like that is the best way I could put it was that was a one-to-one 
there is no advantage here for the Bengals. Like you're right. Like, like it really felt like you're going to get like you're Jamar Chase. You're going to get you're going to make some plays, obviously. But like Carlton Davis was with, with him step to step every single time they lined up across. Literally, so well. and, yeah. So well. and, and and the cool thing was. Um, Carlton was more or less shadowing Chase, which he doesn't always do. But they yeah. like again, and that you got to give that to Bulls, right? Because that was part of his plan. But Carlton, yeah. w- w- he lined up on Chase thirty-three out of forty snaps in the game. On those plays, okay, he held him to just three receptions for thirty-two yards on eight targets. It's like nuts. Jamar fucking Chase. Nobody does yeah. that. Like Nobody. And, Nobody. and the physicality where Jamar Chase usually bullies corners. Like, Dude, at, like that's the thing that he does. It's like I'm a great route runner, but I also just like I'm so physically imposing. And you're uh, bang Carlton on there. Davis was all over that. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm physically imposing too. I love that. Let's well, do you're, it. You're bang on. You're so bang on because like John Ledyard, um, who's so great at understanding and articulating the intricacies of the sport and player evaluation. Um, and he's always said and talked about how Carlton, like this is a tough scheme for Carlton Davis to be at his best. Like he's tremendous, but he is yeah. a press man corner. That's where he's, he believes he would be like elite and viewed as yeah, such. Yeah. Um, and in this game, he really got to show off that physicality you're talking about. And I love that, how you made this comparison. Like he's kind of like chase on D like he sure as hell look like it. Yeah. In, in it it of, felt like it. It felt like yeah. that was the same. That was like the same body it was like a like a simulation almost of the same body being like can you do this against the same like a ghost it's insane just yeah and imagine i'm just gonna say imagine having a 14 point lead in this game at the half and limiting jamar chase to those numbers and they still lose by that many like it's almost impossible to comprehend right like it had to have been a high variance thing like that many turnovers obviously but like come on Sucks. Yeah, and we haven't we haven't even met, like you know it was nice to see Carlton get that pick too like he's more of a pass breakup just like beyond dudes but to get have a nice diving pick to steal momentum early in the game that was a huge play too at the time anyway um, and in terms of those like um, according to Next Gen Stats five of the eight targets that Chase saw under Carlton's watch came on tight window throws so he, so even though he got those targets Davis is all up in them. Was all and, over, and like, yeah, yeah. And in terms of measuring the shadow next gen stats, like that DB wide receiver matchup that they'll they'll focus on specifically when they're matched up. Uh, ultimately, that was Chase's. Sorry, that was the second best performance by any DB in a matched up on a wide receiver, and that wide receiver is Jamar Chase. Just to speak to wow. how it's nuts. Yeah, the game amazing. like absolute game ball goes to uh carlton davis i i know levante yeah. was cool didn't levante levante had a horrible penalty though too right well, it negated a 20 plus yard sack by devin white so yeah part of me, my my first thought is like god damn like that's her, devin white's got to be pissed if he hadn't negated so many great plays of levante's over the last <laughs> yeah, couple no years. right Levante's right, probably yeah, right. but no that that hurt the, the, the two best bucks defensive players in the game in my opinion was carlton and levante and they had yeah. the two huge penalties um that spoiled third down stops in that second half but i mean and then uh try on Choyinka, man like a depleted pass rush all the way across the board um he finally you know was really making an impact and a lot of fans have been calling him out wanting to see more he played really well and then uh some yeah. of the like reserve, reserve depth tackles like nunez roches and will golston were good and, and devin white was good he wasn't stacking up tackles but he was playing really well um yeah you know, fitting into the scheme and not trying to do too much. And God, that sack like was amazing to see that call back really hurt. You have a yeah, great, I, yeah. but that's, 
that's what happens to bad teams or mediocre teams, right? Like, of course. I'm sorry, I don't, and I don't mean to pile on, like, but like that just sums up the Bucks season. You know what I mean? And then, like you said about the Bucks defense, it sucks that you know the point total was that high for Cincinnati. But anyone who watched the game knows that they played so much better than that, right? And they were put in impossible spots. Yeah. And an offense as good as Cincinnati. Now, granted, they did. I, did they score on every one of those turnovers? I can't yeah. remember exactly, but yeah. oh, they, yeah. you know, credit to them. They did really punch it in when they got the opportunities, right? But it, you can't, you can only play defense for so long in that league, like, and really stop a good offense. And that's, that. it just, you know, comes down to bad mistakes on defense, like those, like those penalties. And then turnovers on offense is going to kill you. And Hey, the Bengals yeah. are really good, by the way. Are the Bengals yeah. like, the fourth best team in the league or something like that. Let's say like, so, you know, credit to them. I think they could be in, in the league. Yeah. And I hate it. Yeah. They beat the chiefs. What? Two weeks ago. So, um, you know, credit where it's due there. It's just, fuck, that would have been a nice one, man. Like, it and felt, they finally you know did stuff like? in the first half. Like, uh, yeah. Like great. No, no, no great they, stuff. They look like if they were operating yeah. like that, they're fantastic. They could beat anyone, but it was on that was, all the, what it felt like to me was like it was a Seahawks game on steroids. It was like the hyper, like you were even better than you were against the Seahawks in the first half against the Bengals yeah. this week. And even oh, worse yeah. than you were against the Seahawks in the second half than against yeah. the Bengals. Like it was like the polar, like this is the extremes of those two halves. It, which it, is, was, wor- it was worse than a Jameis bad half. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, are we getting to that right away? Cause that was, for the people that are waiting for Tom Brady to fall off the cliff, that was like their. Oh, you see, you see that. That's it. That's I, that's I what know. we're talking about right there. Which that is was so a, annoying. It was a horrible game from Tom Brady. Admittedly. For sure, for sure it was. But for like for Tom Brady, he's a guy who you can call it fucking fluky. Like exactly, he has the right to 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 call it fluky in terms of like two fumbles lost. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't who was it. I don't get that take. I don't get the people coming at Brady, man. I no, just don't. No. Well, they really? they, are, all the they things, know that they're like cringe oh, already. It, yeah. You don't know what you're no. watching if you're calling him the problem in any capacity. He could have thrown eight fucking interceptions. Like he's he's doing more than he needs to do. Um, and he had a tough half that sucked. Would have been like, of course. But like Burrow, it, Burrow, Levante David. I think it was Levante sacked Burrow, and he. He fumbled the ball, but it popped right back into him, right? Yeah. yeah there was yeah. a tremendous play made by the defensive tackle on the Bengals. I forget who which one it was. Uh was it PJ hit? No. Anyway. And the ball the ball gets scooped up. It was a hell of a play. Like that right there is quite yeah. a swing that can happen. That's football though. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, anyway, we don't but so, fans do, sorry, do it just, that? Yeah. is crazy. But just to speak to the larger like narrative of the season, it's like they had five turnovers in the second half of this game. And I don't feel like it's been an outrage on Twitter or anything necessarily. It's just been like, oh, yeah, they did it again. Like, any other team that has five turnovers in a game, let alone a half, like, p- people would be tearing their hair out, right? Like, this is I, insane. I, and it's just kind of like, you know, the Bucks did it again. But, dude, it – like – I, like I don't know. What, I guess I wonder. Like, did you watch the game again on TV after you were there, Colin, or no? No, my PVR is broken at home. Oh god! Uh, so I was watching like local coverage. Like, I more wanted to see the local news coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get they have like a thirty minute Bucks show like on their local news station. Like, nice, cool shit like that that I was watching. I was trying to see if I could see myself in the locker room and anything. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. Well, dude, like watching it, it honestly felt like every time the ball was on the ground, it was like, yeah, of course, of course they they turned it over again. Like it felt like once the momentum, like after the, the fumbled punt, which I think we got to like kind of break down a little bit more. Um, after that happened, it was just like, yeah, there, there, there's no way this is, this is a loss. Like they're going to like, this is how it starts with this team. It just felt like we've seen this before. almost. Even I, though we haven't seen it to this level, it felt like so familiar. Like if it was to happen to anyone to that much of an extreme, it would be this 2022 Tampa team, right? Yeah. Now I, I have a, I what I feel like is a hot take based on how a lot of people are talking. Cause People like to point it then at that botch fake punt. Like, what is Todd Bowles doing? I am fine with the fake punt. As yeah, like as much as, as much as in hindsight, that Me seems too. ridiculous in your own zone. No, this is what we want from him. That's a putting your foot on their throat. Like, that's what it is, man. On on fourth and short like that at an unexpected time. Like, you know, Sean Payton onside totally. kicking the Super Bowl worked. Like, so it's so easy and lazy to come at bowls for that. That totally. was a uh, Gio Bernard acknowledged as much. He made a mistake. Bulls, you could tell, was frustrated because he was the the one guy who didn't know or or somehow miscommunicated that play was Gio Bernard, and he was the guy who needed to catch the ball and get get a couple yards. So it's unfortunate, big time. But they had plenty of time after that. It was the accumulation of errors that was just that killed the team. But that that play was wild, and I'm okay with the play. I'm not okay with the result. That sucks, but I'm okay with it. And they had plenty of chances to rebound from there. They were still winning. Like, you know, it became 17-10 at that point with the ball. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't have, we've we've kind of come after Bulls for a lot. Obviously, don't care. That was I loved it. Good for him. Actually showing some balls in a in a spine. So yeah, just sucked that it didn't what? work. Can't have it both ways, Bucks fans. You can't. Yeah. You can't hate, hate on him for for being too conservative exactly. and, and old school, and then he does something like that, and then you say, "What a dumbass move!" Like, no, okay, that's ultimate keyboard warrior shit. What I yeah. hate about it is that I feel like that was the indication that the plays were going to become really conservative right after that, and like I hate that he made the right call. The wrong thing happened, and it was like he just kind of clammed up, and he's just like, you know what? No more motion, no more play action. We're that's running our stuff. That's I not, I know, I know, yeah. but like, it feels that. Well, way. that's a it great. It feels that way when you're watching point. the game because you're like, okay, he tried to do something unpredictable, and it didn't work out, and now all of a sudden he's like, oh god, I can't do that anymore. Like, why did I start doing? Why was I listening to these guys? They're idiots. Let's let's just do what do it my way again. And it's just like. It sucks. It's it absolutely sucks as a as like a guy who like is kind of cheering for this team every week and wants to see them play good football and sees them do the right thing and then immediately after that it feels like they're just like we're closing the part of our playbook that's cool and good and we're just running the same old vanilla stuff and we don't care if, like not that we don't care if we lose but we might lose because we're calling the game this way. Yeah, so I mean, the game itself, you know, the rest was history. Joe Burrow is far too talented to take advantage. Bucks D was tremendous. They had not a hope in hell of overcoming that sort of disadvantage. So I'm not even going to judge them on that. It's a shame, like I said, that they have that kind of points against against them. Um, Burrow had like 200 yards passing and four touchdowns. Like, I've never seen a game gifted so much to the opponent. I don't think it was truly unbelievable. Bucks shut down the run. They made Joe Burrow's life hard. A lot of that was Bulls. 
um, with getting really creative in terms of disguising like their stunts when they were blitzing and stuff. Burrow's so good at that generally and staying calm and diagnosing it. They had like delayed blitzes. There were various ways that I believe were, were reflective of, of a really cool game plan that a bunch of players, not normally starters, did a fantastic job of executing and playing hard. And that's one thing Todd Bowles said in the press conference after right away is, no, this isn't a matter of playing hard. The guys played hard, and they did play hard. It just yeah. was a real shitty way to go. So uh, once it ended, if it, I guess we'll hop back on the like behind-the-scenes aspect of this if you guys, unless you want anything else yeah. specific about the game. To no, talk no, about. I, got I just my... want to say, like, you know, no Higgins and no Boyd, right? It, it was really a great time to get a quality win and uh, have some momentum. And and I know they're not out of it for their division and anything, but like they would have taken a stranglehold given the fact that, you know, Atlanta and Carolina lost um, on Sunday, but Oh, it's well, supposed, to be, supposed to be, we thought it might be no Higgins and no Boyd. They both end up playing. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, True. Yeah. But like not at a hundred percent anyway. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Everyone got a touchdown though, playing playing that second half. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so as soon as the game ended, uh, part of it was challenging, I think, because like it's quite a mad dash after the game um, for all the journalists who, and a lot of them, you're trying to submit work right to get it out as soon as possible. So I was chipping away at the recap, as I mentioned. I'd had like it was like a fourteen hundred word document, which is longer than it should be or normally would be. But I was just like very detailed in my notes, like I said. Um. And I've gotten used to the process of that, obviously, just watching games on TV. But when I'm at home, I have time to, like, tweet, live tweet a little bit about the game. I wasn't doing that. I was just straight writing in that. So I fired that off. I followed Caleb because he's showing me the ropes. He was my tour guide and did a fantastic job. Shout out. Shout out Caleb Skinner at CHS Knoll, I think, on Twitter. My guy. So we we head down in the, the press elevator. Takes me down to the tunnel. You rush into the... Um, the post-game press conference room, whatever you call it. And we got to hear from Bowles. Bowles came out and uh, then Brady. And that was it. And this is the one thing that was unfortunate is the whole post-game. If the Bucks had won or continued to play in, in any capacity after that first half, say they grinded it out and won, I think it, we would have gotten some awesome sound bites. And, like, I think I think it, we, we would have got more time with Tom and more more time with the coach and all that and, and just more – Willing, willing participants yeah. in interviews. Of course, I mean, of course that would be the case. That was a gut wrenching loss for them, embarrassing, in fact. So it's hard to get a question off for Tom, and I was kind of just sussing out the process, watching how they do it, and like people like Jenna Lane of ESPN, Greg Allman of the Athletic, Rick Stroud. They pretty much dominate those questions, going back and forth. They just say, you know, Todd, and they fire off their question, and then it's the next one. So I'm like watching, I'm watching, and then I'm just like, eventually, I'm like, screw this, I'm getting a question in here, baby. Like this, is Tom Brady. Like, <laughs> so then I'm like, Tom. so I'm like psyching myself up. I'm like, okay, this is what I'm gonna ask, and then and then because um, I was also trying to tweet a little bit, but anyway. So then I'm I'm about to say it, and he goes, thanks very much, and walked off, and I was just like, no, oh, <laughs> oh no, yeah, I almost Bobby Boucher him from like the where I was sitting. <laughs> um, what were you gonna ask him? I was just going to – I was trying to – I wanted to take a more positive uh, route and just ask him about whether or not the um, the obvious chemistry was a, was a reflection of the game plan or strategy or if that was just what the defense was giving him in terms of all the targets and completions to Evans in the first half, something along those lines. Nice. Um, you know, I thought you were going to ask him about the dating scene in Tampa. 
Yeah. No. Who'd you bring to the game, Tom? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of rumors about that. Um, <laughs> so then everyone just gets up and follows Brady in because they knew he was the last one talking. And then we're right into the locker room. And this is where shit got crazy because I'm so in awe. I mean, I'm I'm not um, – I'm not big time in this shit. Like I'm not downplaying how significant this was for me. I'm a lifelong Bucks fan. Like this is my podcast. Like fuck that. I'm a yeah. fan. I've been a yeah. diehard fan my whole life living in Canada. So, um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like, yeah, it was cool. Coping to like it was fucking incredible. Like, yeah, unbelievable. it was the coolest thing in my life. Well, maybe. Yeah. That's what like, we're looking before. for here. Bro. <laughs> yeah. It was Jesus. unreal. Yeah. So as soon as I walk into the locker room, I'm just like, whoa, like I'm seeing like half naked Will Golston right beside me. And it just happened so fast. Not the Nate, like just like the players I watch and study and write about so much. And it was just all at once a rush. And then before I have a moment to process what I'm looking at, like this is this, I'm just analyzing the setup of the room. I'm also trying to suss out how this works in terms of getting commentary for players. But I see and I'm disrupted by this noise of like yelling right there to my left and i look to my left and it's right in the middle of the dressing room and it's rick stroud greg allman jenna lane and all those those regular cast of characters surrounding gino gio bernard and of course this whole incident has since gone very much viral and been talked about all, all across you know the networks um in terms of like how is it appropriate to uh communicate or handle players what are you entitled to in the media how was that handled? And I'm, it's it's crazy seeing something that I watched the whole thing go down right beside me. So that in itself is kind of trippy. And, you know, my my interpretation in that moment was I was blown away by how aggressive they, as I don't want to say they, all of them, but it felt that way because it was a little mob. So like there was a lot of people raising their voices when, they, when Gio Bernard made yeah. it clear he didn't want to talk or he was heading elsewhere. It all happened simultaneously and it did feel very abrasive. Um, and Greg Allman has since rescinded a comment that he made, um, or not rescinded, but apologized for, cause it was not appropriate. Um, Jenna Lane took a bit, a bit of heat. I thought she was doing fine. Her voice is just a bit louder. She was just saying, you've been injured, Gio. That's why when he, cause, cause it all stemmed from Gio saying, well, y'all don't want to talk to me all year. Why? Like now all of a sudden you want to talk to me. Right. And she's saying, well, well, Gio, you were injured. So like her, I, I didn't have an issue with how, how she handled it by any means. Greg Allman saying, well, you haven't done anything this year. Geo is inappropriate. And he said as much like that's just not right. And yeah, my, yeah. from what I've anything I've seen from Greg Allman, that's also out of character. I was a little surprised. I didn't even catch it live. I, it was just more the noise that I caught. But that yeah. was that. That was that. I mean, you know, it's been talked about a lot. You have any questions specifically about my uh, locker room experience so far? Bo? No, I, I got a quick one on that. It's like. Was there any indication that they were gonna go after Gio when you were in the press box? Press box, like no. when that play happened, did it seem like they were like, yeah? Oh. Was there any reaction to be like, oh, this this one, like, or was it? Did it feel like somebody watching the game texted them and was like, Jenna, Greg, you better get Gio and figure out what happened there? Great question, great question. And no, it didn't at all. And what what cued it was the way Todd Bowles handled the press conference because that's where the questions came in. Because any for any viewers, we didn't know was this inten an intentional fake punt? Was it a yeah, bot? Yeah. Was it a botch snap or a botch fake punt? So that was the first question, understandably, after the game about the play. And ultimately, Todd Bowles put that on on Geo and said yeah. they asked they go the question was what happened on the 
the punt fumble and then he just Todd Bowles man he looked so pissed and defeated when he came out there like I was looking down at my phone and then it got super quiet and I like looked down and then I looked up and he'd been sitting there like standing there and I didn't even hear him come in it was crazy but yeah, um it sounded like weird. it was the whole bucks weird. versus bucks comment that he made that was like you could feel it you yeah. like even reading it you could feel you could feel like He's so pissed. Yeah, so I could literally feel in the air before he said a word is ultimately what I'm saying. It was the weirdest yeah. thing. Um, but, but the, you know, he said Gio just didn't catch it. They asked if he knew the play. He said he knew the play, or he knew he didn't catch it. That's what happened, and that's all he wanted to say. So he he obviously felt it was a very big play. He, he let, You know, we've already talked about the play itself. Um, Todd Bowles was really putting himself out there, so that reflects poorly on him to a lot of people that it doesn't work out. But more importantly, to give Todd all – due respect i mean he's upset they lost and that was a big turning point right brings it within a touchdown early in the second half so once Todd bulls had identified it was geo's error there geo just didn't catch it that naturally i think in these savvy veteran reporters minds cued them that's who we talk to next as soon as we get out of here we're gonna yeah bulls is pinning it on geo let's see what geo says and i do also the one other thing i'd like to say about that interaction is i thought geo handled it really well man like he's a he's a pro and at first he was making this face like like bewildered like are you serious right oh, he now he was he was pissed yeah and i was well, like i showed, showed you guys the video i have right of it like i have a little video of part of it yeah. um i missed the very beginning of the discourse but and at first i'm like wow he's really his face looks like this but but then he just stepped up and he, he sure he said bare minimum but he, he owned it said it was his fault in as few of words as possible and moved on and i'm dude if i well yeah. how do we introduce the second half did you not just say there was five turnovers in the six possessions yeah. like yeah. if i was you i'd be like why do you care about the one of the five yeah like, i was the, the first lead, one by the way we were up 17 or whatever when this happened yeah what what do you why do you care i agree what do you, i agree why are you talking to me yeah so uh for more it behind the scenes for more behind the scenes insight for more detailed in the locker room drama observations make sure you stay connected to the bucks banter youtube channel make sure you're following bucks game day for all your buccaneers content continue full, the, the, full I, I just like yeah, go ahead. I had Sorry. never I had never heard Bernard talk. And when he didn't <laughs> yeah. have like a bit of an accent, I couldn't I was like, oh, okay, who is this? Like, who is that really? What do you think like, he was Italian? No, I knew he wasn't like from <laughs> Italy or anything. I knew he was I think he went to North Carolina. I'm I know in my head, I'm sure he had zero accent, but when he first started talking, I was like, Oh, not no accent at all. What are you hey, talking to me little, for, huh? Like, yeah, exactly. Hey, it's a me and a fumble. Um, but yeah, no, uh, I can't. I couldn't help but think that, and then I kind of laughed to myself, like, "Wow, you're an idiot." And then, then I just kept watching the video. So I just wanted to let you guys know. And so when that blew over, what I what I quickly learned was the entire mob of media, media mob seems to zero in on one player and whether it's they all have an understanding of why it's important to get that player at that particular time like how they all knew to go to geo right away they all went to devin white next or maybe it's just because it's a player of a certain magnitude who seemed like they, they know is willing to talk i don't know because a number of players weren't willing to talk um but then they all crowded around devin white and i started to do the same and try and get video but i'm looking around the room and i'm like shit like there's other players getting ready here who no one is around. I'm like, I would be just 
firing off to the other spots to talk to guys who aren't surrounded. So I made my yeah. way over to the other side of the room. Who was it I was looking at? Like, I forget. Uh, who was it? It might have been SMB or JTS or something. And then right you your cousin of... JTS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my cousin. Um, yeah. But then Win- Winfield walks right beside me. And, and I kind of, like, took me a second. I'm just like, hey, Antoine, like, could I get a, could I get a minute, man? And he like looked at me and he was like, all right, man. Like he was like, okay. And I was like, cool, man. Like, I was like, I'm like, Hey, this is my, uh, <laughs> my first interview ever, by the way, dude. So thank you. And he's, like, he's like, Oh yeah, man, let's go. Like, come on. Like he loved that. So then, Oh no then, way. That's yeah. So, but so God, cool. I don't Glad know. Said that to him. Yeah. And I did. I was like, I don't give a shit. And this guy, he already saw into my soul. Like that smile of Antoine Winfield's going to get you. Like he's, he's just genuine. I could tell right away. So I wasn't afraid, you know? to belittle myself with the truth at any point were you like hey i'm 35 <laughs> no 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 that didn't no. come up no no i gotta get no. a ring yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> i thought we were past this scott after the rob gronkowski no the, i don't mean that I just meant because like we're so much older than most of the athletes now is what i'm saying oh, and it's like hey, oh. this is my first one it's like yeah i know i'm like oh, yeah. 12 years older than you also anyway i'm just kidding but yeah Damn go it. ahead yeah. okay so then so then no i gotta admit boys like i had no questions prepared even though i had like initially wanted to have questions prepared it was just such a whirlwind so i had nothing and i was completely unaware of the procedure to do a one-on-one interview with a dude at a locker room and um, when people saw I had them, they had started to come by. I could see them starting to come by, but I froze a little bit. Like, I didn't know what to say. So I just asked him about the injury, how he was feeling. He answered. And then I like awkwardly paused and I'm like, Hmm, what else can I say? And I like turned the other way, like Jenna Lane came up. And then I was like, you ever been to Canada, Antoine? And I just asked him, I'm like, any plans to, and I did that little, like, I, I haven't tweeted that one out, but I think you guys have seen it. So yeah. he was just a good dude though, talking to him. And, um, I wasn't sure of the video and cause he's getting changed. So it's like, dude, Caleb okay. Like, be- La- <laughs> okay. So the logistics of it, like what the, like this sounds honestly terrifying to just go it, up. You got your yeah. phone. You got to ask a oh, question. 100%. Like, I no. Oh my God. Yeah, and right? you guys know me. I, I'm not short on words, but it was it was incredibly intimidating. And I also didn't want to violate anyone's privacy. Like, that's when I was really like, damn, who let me in here? Like, shit. Like, like I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> but Caleb was good. Think about how Caleb nice was like, he was. He, he was so cool, man. I will yeah. eternally, eternally always respect that guy. Because think about it, man. He, he was injured in the game, tried to come back, had to leave the game again because of an injury. He's been battling injuries all year and they just lost that game like he was feeling like shit he didn't have to talk to me um he was going to anyway when i asked him though and as soon as i told him it was my first interview he like really was like all about it so it was just really cool and i'll always be indebted to him i always remember him not like i would have forgot he's a hell of a player as yeah, we all know but still Winfield yeah. guys so um and then yeah man after that it fizzled out pretty quick so that was a total blur being in the locker room after um but really cool like jc allen's all over the place i see him there he's a savvy vet now good friend of the show it was cool to meet jc in person also that's sweet yeah and chop chop it up with him um yeah so then i then i just like caleb and i were gonna do a video um on the field after 
but then he was kind of like like we were it was tight it's a tiring experience and he was like man fuck that after that that game like i don't want to talk about that anymore <laughs> in hindsight i wish we did because it would have been like on the si thing but um i was totally cool to get out of there i was i was craving a cold beverage yeah um, i bet met, met up with Dude. my cousin john who'd been r- rambling around the stadium tailgating with bengal's fans and uh, moving his way throughout the stadium. He's not a Bucks fan. Um, so he'd been hacking it out for like five hours solo, hoofing it around. Um, wouldn't, have been su- wouldn't have been some, wouldn't have been surprised if John was somehow in the owner's box, like giving yeah, him, uh, giving him, giving him, giving him advice and shit. To- yeah. Totally. Yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, boys, that was it. Then we, then we got up out of there and, you know, I had the rest of enjoyed our time, my time tremendously in Tampa. I've been there before, but not quite experienced it. Like, we had a sick hotel right on the water and stuff. So it was an incredible experience and I'll never forget it. And I look forward to doing it again. Um, many more times, I hope. So That's especially cool. having been through it once, I will say like, I really look forward to locker room access and press conference access. Yeah. Now that I know how it works, now that I know how it goes down, like I'd be locked and loaded and ready to converse in a more natural way and just have little themes that I would hit on with each player. And then, I'd be very, very comfortable next time. So really cool. That's experience. one of those. That's one of those ones where I don't think there's nothing that can prepare you for what that's going to be like. The first yeah. You got to get the rest. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And then the leaps and bounds from, from one to two is like huge. Right. So totally. just to see like how it actually works and what goes on and like where you go and everything must've been so eye opening and, and like, just to get you prepped for the next one, man, that's sick. Yeah, and like I gotta give it to the Tampa Buccaneers. Like, like you know, not only did they like approve me for the credential, like I mean, that's just common sense. But they, uh, every every employee I encountered there, from the person working the elevator to the gate to the, you know, people serving food or whatever, like the attendants, they were all like super positive, uh, very kind people, and I quite enjoyed all of my interactions. The moments in between, I'll call them, uh, of the big ones. Yeah. So it was a really cool experience made me proud to be a Buccaneers fan, even more proud to be covering the team and even more ambitious to do it more so in the future. Yeah. That's wow, dude. Well, unreal. Like, mm-hmm. like you covered, I don't know, not to sound, sound like a kid or whatever. Like you covered a Bucks game. Like what yeah. the fuck? We just started doing this, like recording a podcast and you're asking about writing articles and now it's through sports illustrated and everything. Like, it's so sick, dude. Like you should be really, really proud of you it's really awesome so Th- thank you thank you and i was repping bucks banter yeah. boys for all of us so uh yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 it was real cool man my family knows they know how they've had to put up with me yelling at the bucks games finding ways to watch them on family vacations wherever we were so like yeah. my family has really reached out like various of you know because they understand the significance so similar to how yeah. you guys do so yeah we got a plug yeah. boys we got in the building we got in the building operation uh dumbo drop step one complete should have never let me in here. We'll keep the rest of the plan under wraps. I uh, Speaking of the plan, I mean, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts. In terms of, I do want to just briefly touch on the fact that things are close in the NFC South now. One game separates every team in the division after this loss. How, um, however, the Bucks are still on top. They can control their own destiny if they win two out of three of their next games. Their opponents are the Cardinals, the Panthers, and the Falcons. They got to beat two of those three teams. And if they can't do that, they don't belong in the playoffs anyway. And if they do, um, then they'll be in a good position. Cardinals Christmas night. Um, 
that's the primetime game on Christmas. So kind of a kind of a sweet game time, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing like, for me, especially with kids. Oh, They'll be in bed. Like yeah, for sure. And Christmas night things <clears> are winding <throat> down in general. So yeah, yeah. for sure. If, if we're if we're, uh, if we're running through the scenarios, right? Like they do make the playoffs, they play the Cowboys. That is what it is. They play them at home, whatever. Um yeah. If they don't, or they play, they play the Cowboys or the Eagles. I'm I'm not going to rule out the Cowboys somehow catching the Eagles and all of this. Well, um, even though, actually, like, probably not now, right? With that Texans I, loss, no, I'll, that I'll rule loss. Yeah, that's it, yeah, right? Any, any so Dallas it is or any Dallas loss um, or any Eagles win and the Eagles clinch the division. So yeah, yeah. So it's it is, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, <clears throat> and they play this week. If they don't. Has that has that uh has that entered your mind yet, Colin? The idea of them not making the playoffs this year and it, it is not draft right. position and what that could mean for this franchise. It has not entered my mind. Um, no, no, and it's been a discussion on Twitter uh, from people, but I just don't engage because there's no question I would rather <laughs> shot in the playoffs. Uh, Tom, like you know. Just because of, of the quarterback, because of Tom Brady being 45 years old and also being Tom Brady. I want any chance I have. I want him in the pewter and red for as many games as possible still. And if that's just one playoff game and an unlikely chance of winning, I don't know. But I, I'm certainly more of a fan in terms of my optimism. Not to say all fans are optimistic about that. A lot of them said they would rather a draft, higher draft pick, yeah. like a legit good draft pick. Fuck that. You can easily swing and miss on a draft pick. Are you kidding me? Tom Brady could easily run off a couple victories versus a unpredictable NFC as well. Uh, so put me in that yeah, camp. I don't think don't it's even close. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I just, okay. you're, you're, you are the draft guy. So are the you? idea of you being in the mix at nine or seven is pretty, I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. That's, I a know good, it's alluring. That's a good angle of it, but no, hell, hell no, no chance. Um, I want to, I want to play in the postseason. So, I'm trying yeah. to tempt you, but I know, I know. So yeah, I'm looking forward to watching this next game. We're gonna see how they respond um, coming off. One of the the they've had a ton of get right spots, but Arizona without Kyler, um, yeah, or McCoy. It's it's Trace possibly McSorley. without McCoy. Is that right? Like, it's McSorley. It's, it's McSorley. Possibly, yeah. yeah. Oh my! I God. think I, I think, think Colt was limited, right? That's I thought, me. I I thought Colt was limited today. I think he walked I'm through almost, today. I don't, well, think, I don't know if he played, but he well, he was he's like a walkthrough at practice today. All right, I'll just hold well, on. I just got to text Darlington. <laughs> find out. Oh yeah, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they better they better win. That's it. oh, never mind. Won't play this week. That just came out. See, that makes you even weirder because they're more expected when that scares me more. I'd rather at least yeah. have Colt McCoy. Um, I, I know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. boys, I think we're like, I'm pretty good. I don't want to go. We don't need to go too much detail about the Cardinals personally. Like, I just think that's a take care of business game. And I, and I expect <laughs> them to do that. I think I'll predict them to do it handedly coming off this game. But you never know. I wouldn't put anything past this team. I said as much in my recap article, um, you know, never put it past this, this Bucks team to rip their fans hearts out on national TV. So they did it. And uh, hopefully for the last time this year, we'll see. And on that note, uh, we are going to sign off. 
of episode 70 of the Bucks Banner podcast, where I took you through my behind the scenes experience at Raymond James Stadium covering a Bucks game for the first time in my life uh, for Bucks Game Day and SI.com. It was a hell of a sweet ride despite the unfortunate loss for the Buccaneers. And uh, make sure you are subscribed to the YouTube channel, helps us out a lot. And uh, you can catch us audio on any um, any of your basic streaming services where you get your podcast. So please do that. Rate and review. Check out my written work at BucksGameDay.com. And we will catch you around. Go Bucks. Thanks, folks. <laughs>